0: Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we just lift our hands all across the building? Let's love the Lord together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your precious Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that's in this house. Lord Jesus, without you, we can do nothing, God, but with you, all things, all things, all things, all things, all things, God, are possible. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Amen. You may be seated for just a few moments. Um, I was going to have my wife sing, but uh, in the interest of time and the way that I feel the service needs to go, I'm just going to have her uh, testify and greet the congregation. She'll, uh, she'll. Uh, we'll go back to uh, Texas tomorrow. I'll take her back home, and then, uh, Lord willing, I think I'm supposed to be back here this next week. Right, Amen. All right, so. Uh, and so I'll be coming back once again without her and, uh, but I'm so thankful uh, that she's been able to be with me and, uh, and so just it's been been great. Anyways, stand honey if you would and just say something for the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Amen. And open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 8. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor, ask them if they if they have a Bible, say good job. If they don't have a Bible, say shame on you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Always come to the house of God with the Bible. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's the sword. At least the Christian now sinners or whatever, I don't expect them to have a Bible, but amen, saints of God all ought to have a Bible. Praise God. You don't go to war without weapons unless you're in a bad place, so hallelujah. Praise God. Luke chapter, that's right. Amen. All the electronic swords. That's funny. Amen. <laughs> and nobody, you know, you can pass down a Bible. My, my grandfather prayed in this. Boy, it's tears stained and Ain't nobody going to be passing down iPads. Huh. I mean, nobody's going to be passing down a cell phone, you know. So. Amen. Well, that's a different message. Luke chapter 8. Praise God. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. It doesn't say they don't have any fruit. It says they don't bring anything to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Jesus, help us over the next little while tonight. God, to deliver to your people and those, Lord, that will hear. God, your word, God, that your spirit, Lord, would make entrance into our spirits. God, not just into our minds. God, from the youngest here that's able to understand and to receive, to the oldest among us. God, we love you and we praise you. We worship you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Very familiar passage of scripture probably to everybody in this room. The seed, uh, the parable of the sower and the seed. And the passage that we read is that of the Lord explaining uh, to the disciples who had asked him what did the parable mean. And he gives them uh, the meaning. Uh, there is a group of folks that uh, the word comes, but before it can really even land almost it seems, or uh, it makes even entrance at all, the devil comes and in the form of, uh, of the Bible says in, in verse 5 he talks about that uh, the birds, the fowls of the air which throughout the scripture most of the time fowls are always indicative of demonic spirits uh, and so the fowls of the air came and caught that word away uh, so that the way they couldn't even believe they, they wouldn't, they didn't even get a chance uh, to be saved, to mix faith and then there is another group the Bible said that they grab a hold of the Word of God with joy, with joy, uh, and it's not very long though that temptation and there's two other pair or two other uh, of the Synoptic Gospels and Matthew and Mark both record the same story, uh, and they add just a little bit. It says they receive with joy, they receive with gladness, but when temptation, persecution, or affliction came, they got offended and they lost out uh, with what they had. And then there is the other group that they heard. They begin to grow, but they become choked. Choked. I Everyone say choked. choked. Choked by cares of life, the anxieties of life, the pressures of life, and then the pleasures of life. And they became unfruitful in one place, in another place, which we read. They brought no fruit unto perfection. Now, I, uh, I'm going to be a little while. As a matter of fact, I told pastor I was going to, I knew I'm going to be a little while here today. I don't know how the service is going to end. I do know that throughout this service, uh, there will be some revelation come to some, deeper understanding, uh, maybe some compassion. And for some, this will be a warning message. You're going to hear, these words soon in your life, when you begin to make some decisions, this message is going to echo in your mind. And I hope that it will echo uh, in the way that it will deter you from decisions that will come your way. As the Lord gave me uh, this little message here, and I jotted notes here this afternoon, I was reminded. Of when I was a young boy, I would probably have been somewhere between I don't know nine and eleven. Well, I had a Sunday school teacher, and the Sunday school lesson that day was uh, grieving the Holy Ghost. And he had he had uh, little stop signs, all these little stop signs, uh, and he had a little Hot Wheels car, and and it was really easy from at that age to grab a hold of that lesson. I liked Hot Wheels. It made a big impression. But he had that Hot Wheels car and and he'd drive it a little bit and he'd get up to that stop sign, the first one, and he'd read a Bible verse on something you weren't supposed to do. And he'd say, now, sinners, they won't stop. They'll just run that stop sign down. And he went through stop sign after stop sign after stop sign until he got to the edge and went off the cliff. Of course, we all Kids, you don't take. You don't have to be that intelligent. No, that means the dude died. That's bad. That's a bad idea. But I never forgot the lesson that he. I wish I had listened to it. But even today, it's. I'm sharing it with you, that a Sunday school teacher gave. That man forgot his own lesson. And is lost today. He he put that into some children. He. He, it became a little uh, a lesson that we could hinge some, or attach some things to. But, but somewhere in his own life, that little car of life for him learned how to run the stop signs. Learned how to keep going, blowing through them until finally his life and family are erect. None of them are living for God today. This passage of Scripture gives us uh, a little bit of an understanding of what happens in the lives of individuals and how we get to the areas that people do. I'm going to preach or teach here for a little while on backsliding. 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 Uh, I know the basics, and and when I'm going to share... A few stories of my own, having been a backslider, uh, but there are there are basically three types of backsliders. Now I know I know the answer uh, that we would say. Well, how do you stop from backsliding? And and the easy, I mean, the, the fast, quick ones is well, you don't stop praying and you don't stop fasting and and you keep talking in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. So those are all those are all right. Uh, and, and that is what we would, I suppose, the simple answer. But how do they get there? How does a backslider? Of course, we could just, again, well, they could stop doing those things. But there are, But there are reasons or excuses for those activities that they eventually involve themselves in. And then there are degrees of backsliding that come to people. One of the first types that we can think of is the hypocrite. And the hypocrite is that person that they may be present here, but they've got secret things that they're unwilling to repent of. And I will tell you that that can go on for a long time. People can cover that up for a long time. Uh, There'll be even other things that they may be working on. And have a secret area in their life, but eventually, uh, when the Lord begins to deal with it, you're going to have to either confess and forsake, or you're going to learn how to cover it up. And the Lord will at some point expose it. They are the hypocrite is unwilling. I often think of David, and I know we're not talking. David didn't have the Holy Ghost, Pastor, but David uh was a prophet. He's called a prophet. And David was anointed king. And David uh, had a lot of stuff going for him. Uh, the Bible said the, of the Lord, the Lord said he is a man after my own heart. That's pretty high commendation from the Lord God Almighty. And yet somewhere in David's mind and spirit, he got to a place. Uh, and at this particular point scares me. It was somewhere probably... In his forties, that he fell didn't fall. He jumped. Uh, I, I don't know why we talk. Sometimes we say fall. There's a lot of things that folks don't fall in. They just run headlong into. And so, uh, but his his failure. But it was beyond just an act of adultery. The man murdered. He he tried to get another man. He tried to get the husband before he murdered him. He tried to get him to 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 twist his mind, he even try to get him drunk in order to manipulate a situation so he could get out from being under the blame. Yes. There's a whole lot of things that he did before he finally murdered the man. And then for nine months, close to nine months, he plays the hypocrite. That baby was fixing to be born. And then God sent a man Now, when someone is playing the hypocrite, you will know very quickly whether or not they decide to stay that way or they really have a heart to live for God when they are confronted by the man of God. And so when, this is what separates Saul from David. Saul was backslid, but he never took any responsibility for any of his actions. It was always the preacher's fault. It was the people's fault. It was, it was all kinds of other things, but it's not my fault. I, I'm this way because so-and-so did this, or they said this, or this. And, and so when the man of God came, I'm going to blame you. Rather than David, who had a heart for God. He did have a heart for God. He was, and God, would, because he did, God was going to give him a chance to repent or bail. And when judgment came, he said, "Thou art the man, Nathan, the prophet." And David did not look for any escape routes. David didn't say, "Well, you know what? I'm going to take. Uh, if this is the way God's going to do, then I'm going to go start my own kingdom." You know, some folks that happens. Oh, I'll tell you, that's true. They'll take their family and then they wonder why the whole family's messed up from then on in. They'll, they'll, they'll go do all kinds. Well, I'll go to another church. That's the way we live today. I'm going to go to another church and slander the man of God who had tried to help them and slander the, the church that had tried to help do all kinds of, of wicked, vile things and they'll wonder why they're in the position they are years down the road. That's that's the backslide. That's the Saul backslider. The David backslider, hypocrite, says, "Man, I'm I'm the man. Forgive me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pay the price. I got to live with the consequences of my actions. But at least I'm gonna live with them in the house of God with the right spirit. See, there are some that they." They they want to live for God. I I come back to God, but I want I want all the past to be forgotten. That's not how that works. You got to, You got to. You reap what you sow. That's a law. One of God's laws. You you reap what you sow. If you sow to the flesh, that's what you're going to get. You sow to the spirit, that's what you're going to get. And so there is the hypocrite. There is there is the bitter and the scorner, which I touched on. These backsliders are those, let me put it this way. This is how Joe Savala's handled it. Even if they're in my family, they are cut off. The bitter and the scorner, when a backslider leaves and pastor, all of a sudden they're ripping down the pastor. And they're ripping down the church. And they're going over there talking about all of the, how bad the people are and how bad all the stuff is. And they're, and they're ripping everything down. That's a mocker and a scorner. And you better be real careful attaching yourself to that because those spirits will get a hold of you. Yes, those are the, I'm just telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm giving you these three of them. We're going to come back and examine. the next is the failure. These are people that love God to a great degree. They don't talk about the church. Matter of fact, if if I ever go back to church, that's where I'm going. But they are in the condition that I was in where I had come to the conclusion that I wasn't going to play games with God. I wasn't going to play games with the church. My sin was bigger, whereas some folks enjoy their sin so much that they they want the sin rather than God. There are some that, whatever the sin is, I can't get past this bitterness. I can't get past this lust of the flesh. I can't get past, but nor am I going to make a mockery of the things of God. I'm not going to hang out with the backsliders. Let me just tell you that mocker scorner business. You'll find backsliders, they all hook up together. Oh, they'll know more about what's going on in everybody's churches and ain't none of it good. They couldn't tell you anybody got the Holy Ghost, but they can tell you everybody that's having problems in that church. uh, That's one of the dangers of all the Internet stuff. It's so hooked up. It's it's what they're hooked up with. All they know is all the negative. All they know is all the... And all they're doing is using that to justify where they are. If you're a young person here today, you got to deal with this a whole lot more than I do. Because for me, it's simple, man. I just cut it off gone but there's a whole we live in this nice little universe today Nobody will. we We, we want to have everybody saved we want to keep all kinds of open doors well that's good but Paul said in some places you got to kick them out don't have any fellowship with them why because it's going to infect me it's going to infect my family it's going to infect my church I love you but I'm not going to go down any roads with you we ain't fellowshipping. well you don't understand brother Savala I want to see them saved Better be careful. Lest It'd be like one place that I preached early in our ministry, and and and, and, and I hadn't knew nothing. I went to that church my first time to preach there, first and only time to preach there. Uh, and, and, and the pastor asked me to come. He didn't know me other than reference. I was preaching revival. He asked me to come preach. And, and, uh, and you know, when you're preaching somewhere for the first time, you ain't trying to be real spiritual. You're just trying to, I mean, I mean, you're not trying to go read everybody's mail and everything. You're just trying to have a good church service. Let's just have somebody get the Holy Ghost and good, you know, and, and leave. And I got about halfway into the message, and the whole message turned. I mean, it was going real positive. Woo! Pray, I had it. And all of a sudden, it took a hard right. And I got dealing with witchcraft. And I got dealing with rebellion and all that mess. And it got tight. And all of a sudden, in the back of the church, the pastor's wife goes, He's not been talking to my husband. know what i got into but i was trying to get out of it but the lord wouldn't let me out of it and before it was all done a little girl uh a young lady that had been up on the platform and i had watched her while she was playing the congas and stuff i watched her talking tongues and everything seemed good and by the end of that service we was casting devils out of her Now, I ain't going to try and explain how somebody talks in tongues. I don't know that. But when it all come out, that girl's still living for God today, has a couple kids doing wonderful every time we see her, and she comes hugs my wife, shakes my hand. But before it was all said and done, what had happened is that pastor had a music guy and a young lady come in out of the world, and they got to liking one another, and they got to liking one another a whole lot. Matter of fact, they got to liking one another in all kinds of ways you shouldn't unless you're married. And the pastor knew about it, the church found out. And he said, Hey, folks, you guys are going to sit down and you're going to have to separate. And they decided they didn't want to, they was going to go out of church. So he got up one service and told everybody in the church, No more no more fellowshipping with them. We're just going to pray for them. And this little girl over here, then, then that pastor's being mean. Let me just, I'm just going to throw this out here. I know this is being uh, recorded and it goes everywhere and now your messages can go everywhere. And so folks folks will hear one message at a church they ain't got an idea about context. Uh, they'll hear judgment, they'll hear whatever uh, and, and they'll make a, 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 a judgment on it and there's, that's not their business. This is a home, it was a home folk message. And so, and so I didn't know all this was going on but the girl thought, man, that pastor is mean. He don't love souls. And so she started going over and trying to win them and ended up getting possessed. I'm convinced the only reason why God had mercy on her is because she didn't know the whole situation and she was trying. Her motive was right. I I want to win somebody to God. But she didn't know what the pastor knew because that's often how it works. And the pastor didn't get up when he told the church no fellowship. He didn't tell them all the backstory that the girl that had first come and took that little that boy out, that that girl had come out of the world. And what she had done when she was in the world was that she was a devil worshiper. And so now she's out there with this other boy. They're casting spells on people in the church. They're letting everybody know what they're doing. But the pastor's the only one that really understood what was happening. He didn't tell everybody that, but he knew what was happening. But because some folks got backslid in their heart and decided we're going to do, he just doesn't understand. We we know better. He just doesn't love people. He just doesn't. You better be real careful. You'll open your children, you'll open your family up to things that you'd never, if it had come just dressed in the way that it really is dressed, you'd say, get out of here, i rebuke you. But all of us sudden, well, we don't want to hurt our little kids, and we don't want to hurt this, and we don't want to hurt that, and boy, we don't want anything messed up. And you're going to allow things in your spirits and homes and hearts that will ruin your soul. How backsliding starts. There's another group that that group loves sin. They love their things. The other group that I began to talk about the failure. There's sin. My my problem, my hang up is so big that I'll never get victory over it. And so I'm not gonna waste God's time or the church's time. I'll just go be a sinner. I'll never give myself total to those things. Or at least I don't think I will. But I don't want to waste God's time. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm either going to be all or nothing. That sounds very good. But there ain't a person in here living for God for any amount of time that's been all or nothing all the time. Tell it, brother. That's the truth. Right. Say it. But that's why we come to church. Because in the moments when we're not being what we should, the preached word of God comes. And that moment when we're rocking and reeling or we may have fallen down, God forgive me, I ain't going out. I'm going to stay right here. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll come to conclusions that are false, they're demonic, because the devil really doesn't care how he gets you. He don't care if he beats you up with condemnation. He don't care how much you like the truth, how much you love. The, there's folks, pastor. There's folks you pastored long enough, been a minister long enough. You, you know, I, there's folks that love you and Sister Regan. They'll, they'd go, they'd die for you right now. If somebody come up and said something against them, they'd be ready to fight them. But they don't come to church. They don't live for God. Some of them, I mean, they paid their tithes but won't go to church. They're good people, but they're bound up. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be perceived as I'm not ready to give all of this up. And so their sin issue is bigger than God. There's others that they became. There's some they just have the world in their heart. Here, just recently. Uh, a a young uh, I'm trying to remember it was a young, young boy turned 18 blew everybody's mind boom graduated gone matter of fact he had just come up to me four months before when I preached at that church he said brother Savala I'll never forget the message you preached at the first revival and I said, yeah. He said, my brother was back. So I remember him running to the altar. We had been praying for him. I said, what message? He said, you preached your first night in hell. Four months later, he reminded me of the message, brother Hilton. Four months later, gone. There are some, they just love the world. They don't like the church. They're just along for the ride till the pressure's off. Till I'm old enough to do what I want, boom, I'm gone. You better be careful about the places you go on the internet. I don't care if they say they're apostolic. You don't need to find you a mate on the internet. That's nowhere on my. You, you, you don't. You don't. You don't need to be finding anybody. Well, I'm going It don't matter. I'm old enough. Oh Lord Jesus. I don't care how old you are, you still need a pastor. And if your pastor don't say yay, then it ain't yay. He's looking out for your soul. I don't care how your boy if I was on the young people, boy. Everybody would be yeah, I preach them young people. Problem is, it's, it's it's adults doing the same thing today. Well, that that's not in my. I got to get back to backsliders. Backsliding. Backsliding. Jesus, help us over the next little while here. You're not willing that any should perish, but repentance. We would come to repentance. Repentance, Jesus. Repentance. So, can a backslider be saved? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 now obviously you know that I believe backsliders can be saved because I be here so you're going to know my opinion very quickly but I've been around long enough I know some of the excuses that some folks have and even some of the things that have been preached from very honest motivated ministers but sometimes we can still be wrong and can leave people to false expectations. Thank God you have a pastor that is altogether honest with the word of God. Amen. Oh yeah, now somebody I've heard, well what happens if the ministry's wrong? Well, I'll tell you, God will correct them. Now he might have to kill you to do it, but he'll correct them. Just ask Uzzah. The ministers was dead wrong with how they were transporting the ark of God. Their motives was right. But they were dead wrong putting that thing on a cart. But the law still said you don't touch it. Uzzah had gotten so used to the things of God being around and no minister that was really understanding or had forgotten how to transport it. That when an honest hearted man trying to stabilize the ark of God touched it, God struck him dead. But an honest hearted minister will say, whoa, 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 whoa. We were trying to do everything right. Why did that happen? We're going to pray and fast and study until we find out what in the world would cause God's people to be dead trying to do something right. And let me just say this while I'm right there. Because this is a big deal with backsliders and people that are getting cold and carnal. Well, who's going to correct the ministry? Well, there are sometimes, There's been times I was, as a pastor, there was twice I had to get up and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong about this. Now, one, that gave me some extra bullets with the people. They appreciated a man that can admit, hey, I'm wrong. Wasn't sin. I was doing my best. to, But there's times God said, that's not. You don't do it that way. Yes, sir, sorry, please forgive me. But what happens if that doesn't happen? Let me tell you something, when God judges the ministry, it's always harsher than he judges the saint of God. There's folks here, you're living for God long enough, you've seen ministers that turned out to be hypocritical. And most of them never, never make it back to living for God. saints of God, man you all can mess up a whole bunch of times and the mercy of God the pre- thank God, you better thank God for a pastor that stands between you uh, and the judgment of God you don't know how many times uh, when something was getting ready to come down and the man of God was praying somewhere say God uh, just give him a little bit more mercy, uh, let me work on a little bit more and you're here today because a man of God But let this man, God forbid, ever get messed up in his own spirit. Let this preacher get messed up. And Sister Haley, if it ever happens to me, you can almost bank it that Joseph Alley will never be saved. I can't explain the judgment that comes upon ministries often. But God judges harsh more, those that have carried his word, much more than those that are simply trying to be obedient and stumble and fall and mess up. For those of you that want to be in ministry, you better think real hard about what it is. There's so many times, folks, I want to get up there and tell people what I want to do. I want to preach. I want to know there ain't nothing like it. But there is isn't nothing like knowing the awesome responsibility that God, those people are thinking I'm hooked up with you. And I better be hooked up with you because you're listening for the sound of your voice. And, and God, this scares me to death death. And God, don't let let me stumble. God, help me. God, I I, I did a whole bunch of falling. I I even backslid when I was young, but God, I can't afford to do it now. It's my wife that suffers. It's my daughter that suffers. Uh, It's the people of God uh, that they'll walk up to their pastor and say, hey, pastor, when's Brother Savala coming back? Uh, Well, Somebody better hear what I'm preaching here tonight. Don't let the spirit of a backslider get a hold of you. Oh, things happen. Oh, my goodness, do things happen? Bitterness comes, hatred comes. Envy, strife. The Bible said where those things are, every, every evil work follows it. You don't know what they did to me. Hmm. Every individual, save one that I know of, that violated me and abused me and most of them was church people when I was a young man. All of them are backslid today. Some have committed suicide. And here I am. Almost joined them, Brother Goff, as a backslider. I let the things they did and the things they said so affect my spirit that I thought I could never get victory somewhere God intersected my life he was always there the song says he was there all the time waiting patiently but I didn't understand it because I was so full of bitterness and hatred and all of the stuff and I got excuses and I got reasons and, and I, got, I got all the all the stuff some of you have not backslid. But I feel very strong. This is a warning. There's some. You thought about it. You're thinking about it. And let me just tell you something. Right now, you have a testimony of purity. You You have some things that once gone, you never get back. Oh, you can pray through and come back. See, there's something about the prodigal son. I'll never forget Brother Bowman calling me up into his office a year and a half or so, maybe two after coming to the Lord and God was moving us very quickly in ministry. I, I don't understand why he did it all that way. If he had left it up to me, I wouldn't have, but God knows and here we are. But Brother Bowman called me in his office. We got to talking. He said, Brother Joe, he said, you know, there's some things that the prodigal son, when he came back, God gave him, the Father gave him back his robe. Cleaned him up. Put righteousness back on him. Holiness. Well, God's so good. And he put the shoes back on. You got a testimony, son. You fell down. You've been out. But man, you got your testimony back. Go and tell people the goodness of the Lord. He said he gave him the ring and that wasn't for jewelry. That That was to exercise power in the Father's name. Man, you you can exercise my name, son. You've come back. Gave him back his room. He got to come back in the father's house. But I'll never forget what Brother Bowman told me. He said, Brother Joe, he said the one thing the father could never give him back was his innocence. That boy had learned How to walk out of the Father's house and go do what he wanted to do. Once you learn that, the innocence is gone. And now you have to fight every day to not go again. See, that's the tragedy with folks that backslide. They come in, whoop, oh God, hallelujah! Shout, dance. They last for a little while. But persecution comes. Adversity comes. Offense comes again. Somebody's going to offend you. And I've already went out once. So I know how to do it again. I know I can come back. And so innocence is lost. And the only way you get that back is building it yourself. I will not. When every fiber of you is going, go back out and do it again. Go back out and do it again. You know you come back. You know I will not go. I will not leave. I may fall down in the house, but I ain't going back out there. There ain't nothing that's going to take me back out there. I can't tell you that Joe Savala has never fallen, but I'm going to tell you this much: I never went back. I ain't going back. There ain't no. I burned my bridges. <laughs> Oh, my, 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 my. You want to stay away from backsliding? Keep a heart that's tender to God. Keep a life that is submitted to the man of God. Hebrews, now notice this, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, start verse 19. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest of by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and having an high priest over the house of god let us draw nigh with a true heart you can only get so close to god with a heart that's not true you can learn you can learn how to draw close to him with the lips I watch a lot during the church service and over services. I watch how folks clap their hands. I watch how folks really begin to praise God. We've all been there. We've all had times where we're we're tired and body. We're just kind of going through the motions. This preacher has. I've had it while I was preaching. Exhausted. And you're just, you're trying to just okay, he said clap the hands. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about folks that Time after time after time, you'll watch the pattern. Just, they know when to clap. They know when to raise their hands. They know how to say hallelujah. They know just to do just enough to get the pressure off of anybody coming really messing with them and just... They draw close with their lips, but their hearts far from Let us, verse 22, draw nigh near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching now notice the context of this he has just talked about fellowshipping for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins i don't need to fellowship i don't need to go to church i'll just get it here or there he is putting that same that's in the same context he's not switching thoughts not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, those that begin to drift and find reasons why I don't have to be in church. All of the stuff that's within our world today and the fear today. But the scripture said, if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And some folks will preach that so much that that you can't be saved after that. That's not what that's saying. Means Christ was only sacrificed once. That's it. And so there's no way after, if I sin after I repent, he's not going to be killed again to wash away my sins. So that means there's no more sacrifice there. So then what do I do? That's why I go and repent. My little children, I would that none would sin. That's the ideal. If it wasn't possible, he wouldn't have said it was. But he said, if any man sin, he has an advocate. He wasn't right into the sinner. He's right into the church. Thank God for that. If any man sin, uh, we have an advocate with the Father. Uh, Jesus, get me to an altar. God, you're not gonna die again, but I can. Uh, God, uh, would you forgive me? Uh, God, I want your blood to cover me again. But the backslider and those that begin to feel like they are justified separate themselves from the body. And notice what he says, verse 27. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Now, I've often marveled at the Old Testament because I don't see outside of Achan, I don't see really any record after that of folks being stoned. That's a harsh punishment. There wasn't a whole lot of that that was happening for the rest, even into the the rest of the Old Testament. There's a few examples, but there's not many. David should have been stoned for what he did. But somewhere, we, we're not going to do that. We won't obey that part of the law. And so sin becomes acceptable and rampant. We're not going to deal with it because I, 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 can't, I can't bear. Why? Because I've got sin in my life, and boy, if they found out, I can't throw rocks at somebody else. And so, and so he's referencing what the law said to do. If a man sinned, a woman sinned. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, they were put to death. That was the seriousness of sin, something that we don't talk about or really address that much today because we talk about God's mercy. And thank God he's merciful. But it does say here there's a fiery indignation, there's, there's a time that's coming. Here he says, He says that a certain fearful, a fiery indignation, verse 27, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment upon the sinner verse 29 how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the son of god and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing get this when you it's one thing to fall and trip up in a sin that's one thing everybody hears been guilt. Man, I, I I was talking to a fella here, not, it's been within the last couple of years, and good man, good man, he I, we were just talking, and he told me something, I didn't think nothing, else. he comes back to me a little while, and I said, Brother Savala forgive me, I said, well, oh. he said, man, he said, I don't know why I said it that way, that wasn't true the way I said it. God smote his heart. Didn't mean nothing to me, but every one of us have done something similar in some way like that. Why did I say that? God, forgive me. Brother, sister, forgive me. But to those that that doesn't mean anything, they begin to grieve the Spirit of God. You begin to trod underfoot. That's what your sin, continuing in sin is. Literally, the blood that flowed off of Calvary. I'm just stomping it don't mean anything to me. That's the, that's the severity of sin. Especially those that have been sanctified. Those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said, wherewith he was sanctified in a holy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Can a backslider be saved? Absolutely. But you're going to have to turn around from that sin and not go back to it. Because once you have went there, the innocence is gone. And you've got to fight for a long season sometimes. I'll never go back. It's not going to be an option again. Why? Because I will not do that to the blood of the Lord Jesus again. I didn't understand. I'm going to tell you something. As a young boy, as a teenage boy and violated in church and, and all of the stuff and abusive situations and, and all of the stuff that I went through in life. And then I hear other people's stories and they go through stuff like that and they never did half of what I did. And I, feel, I don't even feel worthy to be in the pulpit. But, but anyways, uh, going through all of that stuff, I didn't realize. I didn't understand. I'm just going to tell you, I believed in Holiness. I believed. I believed in the standards. I believed one God. I believed all that stuff. I, I would stand on street corners when I was feeling spiritual and I'd witness to people. I had. I had. I had the stuff, brother Goff. I. I. I had that. There's. There's some here. You have that, but you don't really have a revelation of the love of God and why we do those things. And so it's easy to discount them. It's easy to just walk on them and walk away and think it's because of that person's fault or that person's fault or it's that over there. And when I got a revelation, when God let me come back to him 27 years ago, I got a hold of a book. And I read it I don't know how many times. And I saw because I didn't know anything about love. I didn't know what the word meant is for 21 years. But when I came back to God, I got a revelation of the love of God. God, I don't want to do anything. I'm never going back to spite you. I may fall, but I ain't falling out. I'm not going to, somebody, they may be able to say, oh, you was a hypocrite. There Yeah, I was, I'm sorry, but I don't want, that's not what I want to be. You go ahead, if you want to make that your your deal to stay out, go ahead. But as for me, you're not going to be able to say I'm there all the time. I can't do anything about your perception, but I'm going to do everything I can to get his. I won't be a backslider. I'm going too long. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest ye, he, he's writing to, to the church, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Backsliding starts in the mind, starts in the mind. One of the one of the primary reasons for standards is not it's identification of who we are, but really it's boundaries to let us know what's going on in the heart. By the time somebody starts cutting their hair or starts putting on ungodly things or listening to things, by that time that's just a that's a revelation of what's going on in the inside. It's been there for a while. It's kind of like you know, sheep. Everyone say sheep. We're all sheep. We're all part of God's uh, pasture and so we're all sheep. There, There is no story. There's no fairy tale where a whole herd of sheep ganged up and killed a wolf. Sheep have no defensive mechanisms. The closest they get to any type of defense is their wool. And when a wolf comes and bites them the first thing he's going to get is a mouthful of wool. And so the pastor, the ministry's looking out and they see chunks start missing. Hey, there's a wolf loose. Before they kill that thing, before they kill that sheep, we understand what's going on. Let's help them out. The Bible said, the Bible said, let us lay aside the weight and the sin. The sin. You know, I've heard some folks. They believe they know what the that there is a sin, a particular one, for the church. I don't know that it preaches good, uh, but this was written to the church body. Individuals. There are sins, certain sins and weights that are upon every one of us. There are certain issues that you fight. It may not be as big an issue to me as it is to you. Certain things that you have to guard against. And if you don't, it's not long before you have a reoccurring sin in your life. Talk to some. See, when we think, we think about automatically the, the biggies pornography. We think about, well, what about anger management? what about popping off with the mouth or with the fist and it keeps coming over and over you know how you know when you're getting victory when the episodes are further and further apart until you're shocked when it happens well i just can't control myself that's not true you've just not yielded to God enough in that area the more you yield the more you'll see victory until you finally have dominance of it rather than it over you uh, well god i know this is what you want for me to preach 1st Thessalonians 5:23 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And the very God of peace, he is a God of peace. God of peace. Sanctify you. That means to set you apart. Holy, your whole person. And I pray God, now notice the progression, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. If we had been writing that, we would have written it body, soul and spirit. Because we pray, try to perfect what everybody sees first God works on the inside first the first thing he's going to do or work on is the spirit whether it's alive or dead under Christ that's why he must be born again to even have a spirit that's alive to be able to be worked on by the spirit and he says the spirit needs to be made whole Whole. if there's anybody in your life that you think of that when you think of I hate them or I don't like them I can't stand them you need to repent and get it under the blood but what if they're dead God forgive me help me to where I get man I'm telling you I, I just know I heard for the Lord from this service so however it ends up I remember a little lady coming to me, and uh, revival about 20 years ago. Come up, grab, she grabbed, older lady, dignified, has the last name of some folks of, of a long line of Pentecostals. Grab me, said, Brother Savella. oh, that message was so right. She said, I want to tell you when God taught it to me. She said, there was a lady in the church. She said, now when I tell you, if I told you the name, you'd know it. Dignified. Pentecostal. Got all the Pentecostal look. Dignified. Love God, lady. Grab my suit. Brother Savala. There was a lady in the church. We got crossways, and I didn't. I didn't real. I didn't think it was that big a deal. She said, "But over time, it got worse and worse to where I wouldn't even. I would even. I'd do everything I could not to even pass by her." She said, "In one day. One day. God so convicted me." That I told my husband, now this is old time Pentecost. Some of you younger, you, you may not have heard about this. This was old time Pentecost. And when they said this, they meant it. She told her husband, I'm not coming out of this room until I have forgiven her. And I know that I've prayed it through. Now, that's old-time Pentecost. Old-time Pentecost, there folks say, I'm tired of wrestling with this. I'm going to find myself a place to pray uh, until I pray it through. I don't care if i got to miss work. I don't care how many meals. Uh, I may not get home. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going That's old-time Pentecost. You used to hear that. You don't hear that much anymore. Now it's if I don't pray it out in 10, 15 minutes, and if I go jerk and shout and dance around, and then you wonder why they backslide and have all kinds of problems down the road. Right. So this lady's old-time She said, I I got 1 Corinthians 13, and I began to pray it. And I'd call her name, and I prayed, and she said, it was six or seven hours before she come out of that room. She said, I was a broken lady, Brother Saval. But the next time I saw her at church, she said, "I, I I wrapped her. I apologized. That lady didn't even know that that sister had that stuff about her she wrapped her arms around she said oh I caught victory I'm talking about backsliding oh that lady everybody would have thought she's fine but she knew in her heart uh, she was as lost uh, as any sinner that was outside those doors God 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 wants to make some spirits whole oh Jesus. Mm, spirits and minds, your soul. The soul is the seat of the emotions, the mind, the thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Well, I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I'll never be anything. That's what they've always said. I understand that. That's how I was raised. It's the thing I struggled with all my life until I stumbled in to the church, the Rock Church at 22 years old. And I was just broken and all I I could care about was just, I just, just let me feel your presence again. And I had a pastor that believed in me. You can be something for God, boy. You can do something for God, (laughs) But so-and-so said this. I'll never forget it. it was liberty to me. There was a man that had told me, you'll never be used of God. You'll never do anything for God. And I told I told Brother Wilson, I said, here's what they said. He knew who it was. And it wasn't the pastor I was raised under. It was another man. And he said, so-and-so said that. I said, yes, sir. He said, they're an idiot. Oh. you can say that. Brother Savala, that was a demonic spirit. God wants to deliver you today. I walked out of that office. I said, I do something for God. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to be healed of this. God said I could be healed. And you're looking at a product of somebody that said, God, I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but you said you could make my spirit whole. You said you could make my mind whole. And by doing those things, my body can be whole. Now, Jesus, Lord God, I could go on a whole lot longer. You know, and I got all kinds of notes, more thoughts. Jesus, God, you slowed everything down. It's no coincidence, Lord, that there's no sinners here, Jesus. God, mostly just all home folks, people that are at least filled with the Holy Ghost. God, you know to those whom you're giving greater revelation about the backslider, and how to deal with, what to say, what to do, how to pray. And others, God, a word of warning. The afflictions are going to come. The temptations come. Will you become so offended that you'll backslide over it? Or will you be healed? There's others, that the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Ghost, brother and sister. But it's a wounded spirit that you have. God Almighty wants to make you whole. Would you just lift your hands right where you are? Let's thank the Lord and let's ask the Lord to help us. We love you, Jesus. God, for the youngest among us to the oldest. God, from those hurt by ministry, hurt in ministry. God, those O oh Lord, who experienced horrendous things in their lives. God, besides the normal temptations of sin. God, those O oh Lord, who are going against the very things that the pastor has told them not to do. God, that Your Spirit would arrest their attention this night. Oh, Holy Ghost. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, come on, sis, come on, brother, go ahead. We're, going, we're just going to wait right here. There's a breaking in the spirit for some of us right now. For some, it's revelation for others. God really does want to heal you. It's time. I don't care how much time you have left in this world. You can be way more productive for God like you want to be and like God wants you to be if you will let Him heal you tonight. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, God, humble spirits, humble spirits hearts for without you Lord you are the vine we need your spirit to move through us here we are but branches Uh, I feel a stirring of the Holy Ghost in a mighty way right now I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. It'd do some of you good to really break under the power of the Holy Ghost instead of holding all the tears. I don't want anybody to see me cry or weep or be broken. But the Lord, the Lord gave us those instructions. He said, quench not the spirit. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Oh Lord Jesus, reach out and touch the Lord as He passes by. You'll find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He is past. Sing by this moment. Your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. Reach out and touch the Lord As he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy. To hear your heart's cry. He is passing by this moment. Your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. I could go to two of you right now, but I'm not going to. God wants to know how how bad do you want? the breakthrough that you desire. Oh, you've not thrown in the towel, but you're not bringing any fruit to perfection. Cares and things have choked you. They're choking you right now. All it would take is just some breaking. Reach out and touch the Lord. As he goes by, reach out and touch the Lord as you pass by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your. Heart's cry, He is past. Sing by this moment all your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. My, 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 my. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will not backslide. I will not sit on the pew and be a backslider, nor will I join the world in its backslide. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, Jesus. Search my heart deeply, God. My, 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 Jesus. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, I have a burden for the young people in a message like this. I know, I know. I know I'm pulling right now for a sister. You're not a young sister. And I won't embarrass you. But if you'll grab a hold of the same spirit that that elderly Pentecostal sister did, Your last few years, the years to come, will be productive for the Lord like you've never known before. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Forgetting those things that are behind, press, 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 press. I can't do anything about the past, but I'm going to do everything I can to redeem the future, to redeem the time that's coming, God. Oh, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to ask everybody that would, would you come to the front? Just come on down the front. I'm not going to push it too much further. The altar, tears pouring out and breaking. It's the best friend that any of us will ever have. To a large degree, this is already a praying church. I know that. I know your pastors are praying, man. Many of you are likewise prayers. Every one of us at times can feel like, well, man, we're just not praying enough, but But the vast majority of you are, you pray. The Bible says we can pray and pray amiss if things are not taken care of. Deep, Sanctify you wholly, your spirit, your soul, your body. Some of us have bodies that are very sanctified. But spirits and souls that we struggle mightily with. Another phase of revival. A warning to a few. This is the time to get enmeshed in other stuff. I'd like for all of us to lift our hands to the Lord. Everybody that would. God. Search our hearts, our minds, our spirits. God, a church, oh Lord, that you are preparing and have already given many signs. God, have already filled people with the Holy Ghost and you're doing a mighty work. God, you're answering the prayers of people that are praying. And yet, God, you are a God that looks deeply into the hearts of those that are praying. God you want things healed to be made whole that God we would not join the backslider that God we would have understanding and compassion and yet God understand Lord that your ways the way that you work God upon them is beyond what we know Help us to be sensitive to those things. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. God, I'm not going to get messed up now, Lord Jesus, not when you're in the middle. Of reviving a work in the midst of the years, Jesus. God don't help I don't want to be one of those that becomes a drag and a stumbling block, God. Oh, we love you. 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 Jesus. 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 Jesus, purge my mind, my heart and my soul Lord of anything anything God that's not like you help us Jesus help us Jesus help us Jesus Lord God we love you, we worship you we praise you